Hey, welcome to Suggested Donation. I'm Edward Minoff. And I'm Tony Cernai. In this episode, we talked to our good friend and fellow painter, Patty Watwood. At the time of the recording, she had a show up, so we talked about that. We talked about her being a female in a very male-dominated art world, and uh, we broke it up into two parts, so you didn't miss anything, so enjoy. Back to like the, the Venus apocalypse show is that I'm finding that I want to make images that I can't observe, right? I can't, the model can't hold that pose, I can't get that gesture, I can't, you know, and so I have in my head, I know what I want it to look like, and then I just have to like by hook or crook figure out how to make it look that way. Right. Um, and so I'm much more having to kind of construct images and like use my imagination and like fill in gaps, you know, and I um, Do you find that more satisfying? It's harder, but um, But yeah, is it? Uh, yeah, it's harder, right? I mean because you're not you're not beholden to right. somebody who's standing in front of you who can only do I mean even we get great model. I mean dancers yeah. who can, do, can do just amazing about things, anything, yeah. but it's still like sometimes even when they can do what you want you don't see what you wanted to yeah. see. And it's, it's, it is exciting, but it's also sometimes kind of terrifying because you have like total freedom and then it's a kind of up to you to like you make really a good decision a canvas, or a bad right? decision. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and um, to make, you know, to, to it, there's just so much freedom that it's terrifying to have so many choices in a certain sense or be <laughs> totally responsible for it. You know? right. I hate too many choices. I know, right? It's hard. It just makes it even harder. It's yeah. like, you know, when you go yeah, to a, freedom sucks. Yeah. <laughs> when you go to a store and they have way too many things, I just end up walking out with without anything because yeah. I'm like, I, I can't that's deal. That's one of the tricky things about being like a figurative artist, being a realist right now is that, oh, you know, for the past hundred years, there's been nothing but like freedom, freedom, freedom. You can paint an any style. I can be a neo-baroque painter. I can be a neo-academic painter. I can be a neo-expressionist. I can be anything I want. You know, you have total freedom, and no one's going to say, "Oh, you shouldn't do that." And that's really hard. It's really hard to say, "Okay, so then what do? What am I going to do? And what matters? Like what?" And it's so what's e cool. <laughs> and it's so easy to be influenced. Like I'll go oh to a, mu God. a new museum and see a bunch of new work, um, and you'll come across a Rembrandt, and I'm like. Man, that's it. That's it. I that's gotta paint one. like him. And then you go past the sergeant, and you're like, no, that's the way. And then it's you go, and then you go past the Bugaro, and you're, like, oh. and you're like, no, that's the way. I gotta start sanding everything it's down. It's really yeah. true. And it's so easy to be just just be. Influenced it is true by with everything. contemporary artists too, because I think there's more and more like young painters like making some really impressive work, and then you feel even more like compelled, like. Am I, is that the direction I'm supposed to, is that the direction things are going? You want to like be of the moment. You want to like. Are there people contemporaries that influence you? Or? Oh, for sure. Well, both of you. Oh. I mean, for, seriously, I think that well, the whole group, you. seriously, the whole Water Street group. I mean, it's a very. Um, That's been a, an amazing yeah, thing. It was very. That we've all sort of I think we'll always other, be influential. Um, that was like, you know, the, that was almost like that just moment in time where like, wow, things yeah. just were aligned. There was just we a would lot take, like, amazing of amazing painting trips, and yeah. and there was just a lot of talent. At and any at any point, I would look energy. over my shoulder, and somebody's just kicking my ass. And as that far has as, like, not changed. I mean, I'm still like looking yeah. at the stuff you're doing, and going, God, I've 
She's talking to me, to Tony, by the way. I just yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she wasn't nobody, looking. Nobody at, was talking. She to wasn't me. looking oh. at Ted. She was looking at me. Thanks, Tony. You know, or but like, I look at you. I know. I think we <laughs> all I'm do. And you, you, you like come home from Ted's show, and you just like, all right, I gotta like I gotta start down. Just like Ted. I gotta like work really hard. I think at your last show, I actually went home. I was like, I gotta start painting. <laughs> so that's been a gift. I mean, that's one of the keys, I think, to um, why Water Street was so successful. That's, I mean, but that was Jacob's sort of founding principle was that we were all going to lift him up and that yeah. we'll all lift each other up. That I mean, the Renaissance was about a whole bunch of people coming together in this sort of small city in Florence and all influencing each other. And suddenly everybody got really amazing. That's really true. But there's definitely like other people slightly outside um, the circle here is um, like Graydon Parish, of course. I mean, he started at New York Academy and kind of is hooked in every here, but like everything he does is like of such a high standard. And when well, like he's Daniel also working in allegory, yeah, you know, yeah, like big mythological subjects. And um, Adam Miller is a friend of mine over in Bushwick, and he just made this really great, complicated, like nymph and satyr painting. And it's very neo baroque. They had an opening for that yeah, at the they did, National, at the National Arts Club, Arts which is Club. where we normally record. And that was really interesting, and I find very challenging because he's an excellent, excellent painter dealing with this, you know, allegorical, mythological, figurative subject. You know, totally my genre. But he has like such this particular voice. And I think that's the thing. It's successful when you see an artist has such a particular voice but you can't as another artist like that's not your voice you know? right you, you have to have your own voice and yeah. so it's sometimes do you look at his paintings let's say and think like okay well here's how I would do this and then and then well definitely I mean there's definitely things that I look at um I think we all do that and though. think well, I mean that's natural yeah I mean like your voice you can paint whatever you want, and so you paint the thing that you want to see, and Adam's painting right. the thing that he wants to see, and his yeah. Sometimes voice you think you know his. somebody's like this choice, whether it's that one or you know Adam's or something else. You're like, well, that's kind of a weird choice, or that looks a little awkward to me, or that you know, or maybe it's something in the face. Something going back to the the idea of painting a woman. You know, how are they presented? What is their presence? What's right. the energy of that painting? Um, so you like you're like, well, I like the idea of this painting, but I don't like the the way the woman's face is painted or their presence or something like that. I mean, you know, I think we all do that as painters. Yeah, You're always do. looking at other people's paintings and kind of going, well, I like this, but I would do this differently. I tend to look at everybody else's paintings and think like, God, I suck. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. What's funny though is that, you know, the same thing we were saying about uh, you know, going to the museum and being like, I want to paint like this, or or I should paint like that. Uh, you know, going by a Mancini and being like, oh, maybe I should do this. Or no, Anagoni. not a Mancini. He's the worst. But, okay, Anagoni, whatever. <laughs> you but, see, Man no, I not. see Mancini, and I'm like, oh, oh my god. No, but bad. what, what ends up doing? happening is even if you go to the easel, your easel, and you have that in the back of your, you know, it, in the front of your mind. As soon as you start painting, it goes out the window, and you it, end up painting like Patty Watwood. It just like turns out like a freaking Watwood again. It just yeah. turns into a Patty Watwood. So, I can't escape it's yourself. So I mean, that's what style is, it's a real right? Nightmare. Style, yeah, yeah. style is that thing in you as an artist it, that you cannot, for the life of you, hand. get rid of. It's your hand. You know, I, I'm working on. A, eight and a half foot painting right now. Yeah. And I was like, I'm totally gonna loosen it up because I usually work pretty small to medium. And I'm like, I'm gonna loosen it up, no worries, you know, blah, blah, Two blah. years later. Well, you know, as soon as you start painting, all of a sudden I just fall back into, you know, what Tony does and I'm all, you know, using He's smaller brushes. He's got the triple brushes, zero brushes. And I'm using smaller brushes and, and finishing off like areas. And then I would step back and be like, 
oh, I totally forgot <laughs> that I was. But, you know, at that point, I, you have to just do what is natural to me. And, you know, it's it's who I am. And it's uh, and, you know, it makes you you. And that's why certain people would buy your paintings or even like your paintings or yeah. not like your paintings. And, you know, whatever. You just got to do what you got to do. It's totally true. And I, I totally appreciate that. Like, you know, I've always admired um you know Tony's paintings, Ted's Thank paintings, you. but I I can't paint like you. I couldn't paint like you if you put a gun to my head. <laughs> I could not do it. You know, and um, so in some ways it's like it's a good thing. It's a good thing that like ultimately like you have your hand and you have your temperament, like your your amount of patience. And I guess as I've gotten older, I'm trying to figure out how to instead of like fighting against those things that are my natural you, tendencies you, accept them. you just accept them and then figure out how to like really make the most of them right. like okay well you know say i'm good at color i'm good at um you know design so how can i really like take this painting that i'm doing and really use the things that i know that i don't do well and hide all the other things that i maybe don't do quite as well as i wish i did you know right. and and try and then yeah try to make it as personal as you can that's hard <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard but it's also why we do what we do you know we do it because one it's hard and and like you were saying before because we don't have a choice at this point mm-hmm. and not because that's oh career-wise i mean it in a like I have to do it. Yeah. Like we don't. I do love that it's so hard. I we mean, don't like, have you, a choice. Yeah. Have you ever like made a painting and felt like, ah, oh, okay, I did it. Yeah. You know, it's like I think if I did, mountain. like I would never. I would I still. I'm sure I would still paint, but I feel like I'm going to spend my whole life like trying to do something, failing a little bit, and then trying again. Right? I think I'd be pretty happy if I felt like I was the best painter ever. <laughs> I know, but but do you ever feel that way? Like you probably, you finish your I've painting, right? You know, and then you just got to try again on the next painting and like, okay, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to get true. it right this time. I love the fact I that... I do, yeah. It's like Charlie Brown and the football. Like you <laughs> yeah. just think, okay, just I'm going to get it this time. Kind I'm of the gonna, same and, way and Lucy, every time. Won't pull it this and Lucy time. just... <sighs> Pulls it out of the way so and you fall true. on your back. But I like the fact that you you said, I fail a little bit. You know? You just well, said you're like, you kind of fail a little bit. I, I, I think that's that sort of describes a lot of what we do. We fail a little bit, but we also succeed a little bit. And sometimes that success is, is kind of huge. You know? Uh, uh, you know, we're... we're, we're in this world, so we're in this little microcosm of a, a crazy crazy thing we do but to the outside that like that success is kind of extraordinary and and as a fan of art i look at other people's work that i don't do and i'm like wow that's so good yeah it you know in their head in their head they failed a little bit you know because it wasn't the greatest thing you know or it wasn't the thing they had in their head but it's pretty close to it or sort of close to me who isn't in your head. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. That's beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. Like you don't question other people's judgment and you hope that they're not. Well, I question yours. your judgment. Well, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You hopefully but I mean, am my own worst critic. All I see critic is my and, own. Yeah, yeah. My mistakes. And when I go and look at other people's works, I'm, I'm much you more charitable. You see all the beautiful things yeah. they did. Absolutely. I've, I've actually yeah. had Ted point out a mistake to me 
in no, a painting. I've never done that. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> no, no. Never he, he's doing this, and he's like, yeah, this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't <laughs> see what you're seeing. And right. you're like, this thing. And I'm like, I don't see I that. Don't see it. It's it looks right. And I'm telling you as a sort of technician or as an artist, right. as a yeah. fellow artist, I'm like, no, that's right. Of course, there are definitely things where I'm like, yeah, you, you know, yeah. not, well, not Ted, but you know, I can, I can look at my own work and be like, no, that's kind of an obvious mistake. But there's sometimes that I, you know, the, you look at I something you're like, that's uh, yeah. no, you're, you're, you're kind of wrong. suspend my judgment a little bit sometimes about my own work, you know, whether it's correctness or it's incorrectness, because ultimately, like, in some ways, like, I'm not the best judge. I'm certainly not, like, dispassionate. I'm certainly not to have no perspective, you know. Right. So it's hard to have perspective it's when, impossible. You're, when you're in the center yeah. of something. When so, you, to have that. So, so I try hard. to be a little easy on myself I mean, if, in terms of those kinds of, like excoriating judgments. Well, we're all but pretty hard on ourselves. I, I, I know. Yeah. We're so still you're hard. operating from a base level. But of, if you're working of, on uh, a painting for, for like months at a, you know, months and months on one painting, you better reserve those moments of judgment for like particular moments and not be judging at every moment of every right. day. Because if you start out right. and hate one part of it, sometimes you just have to move on and go back and figure like right. you'll look at you that time, and judge it later. it later. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, if you're working on a painting for three months, you have plenty of time to yeah. to think about that and to judge it. But you know, for a while, you just have to suspend that you know your disbelief and just accept everything for what it is. Well, that can also, if if you didn't do that, it can stop you dead in the track. It can stop your your progress right there. It's almost like putting up a wall. Doubt and then is all of the, a sudden yeah. you're and, like and playing I, video yeah. games all yeah. day. And, I, and I've noticed that at times where I would start questioning myself or just put up that wall yeah. and I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to go yeah. right through that wall. Doubt is like the great it. undoer. You yeah. know, you can't live in that place of doubt. You you do have to be it's like thoughtful sometimes and really analyze something and say, okay, let me try to think about this clear-headedly. But doubt, on the other hand, can just completely, like, it can destroy your vision entirely. And then you just end up with something that's like half this and half that, like the mixed up chameleon, you know? Right, there's no and conviction right, behind you know? it. Because you're, you're trying to, like, somehow make everything. it perfect and, yeah, like, and you, you know, screwed up everything. What I've actually done sometimes, sort of a psychological exercise, is I've almost... I've almost uh, uh, not developed, but would almost be arrogant for a second and be like, oh, no, you know, that, that all of a sudden that little doubt comes up and I'm like, oh, I'll totally fix that later. Not a problem. I almost say it to myself. I like it, that. That's it, a good, yeah, it, that's it, a good it, idea. It, it drives yeah. me forward. Yeah. And then I look back at stuff and I, you, and generally speaking, I mean, generally you fix it. I think that was another thing that Jacob taught me that probably he taught all of us is that like, especially in no, these middle mine. periods, these middle periods of a painting, because the middle period of a painting the sucks. Is, the, the beginning so is awesome. the longest part of it. Right? Yeah. And so the he's always like, great, you know, you do not get to second guess yourself here. You right. made a plan. Yeah. You got to work your plan. You got to take it to the end and then you can decide, okay, well, maybe I'm going to change this or maybe this, but it just, he always pushed yeah. you so much to like, do, you do not get to second guess yourself yeah. at this moment. Yeah. And it is, it's like a discipline. You're or just this like, is okay. the moment that you're your worst yeah. critic. Like you yeah. don't want to, you, right. like you're going to do the worst job of, of, giving yourself right. and why is it that he always feedback. would say like why is it that you're smarter today than you were 20 minutes right. ago yeah. or yesterday because yeah. you're probably yeah. not you know what's also <laughs> helped 
is uh, I've had, uh, you know one one thing was that sort of almost like that pretend arrogance of being like oh that's an easy fix I'm not going to worry about it, but also teaching, because I start seeing a lot of people making different types of mistakes and you catch them a lot and you fix it for them you know students and then when you come across a similar esque situation you sort of fix it as if you know I was teaching you were Tony's teacher yeah kind of coming in and fixing Tony's yeah. picture so I'm looking at something I'm like oh that's not working out let me fix it just and, and it almost becomes this it becomes a problem solving thing right yeah you know it's almost like going I don't know going through like a Sudoku puzzle or something like that oh I just gotta you know sort of logically get my way through this thing and I end up fixing it so you know not only using sort of logic but the idea like me be well, all of us, I think, becoming teachers. Becoming and your own, and giving seeing, yourself a critique. Seeing a lot of people make random mistakes, and you're always catching them. You, you know, you're sort of on, you're on deck to catch people's right. mistakes. You have to, that's sort of part of teaching. And then you fix them there, you know, at times just by, by you know, just saying it or actually physically. Right. I'm pretty hands-on. I, I, like, fix their paintings with, I take their brushes, and I'm like, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, that those exercises have helped me a lot with like trying to fix, you know, well, because a lot of times mistakes. they are they're 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 particular problems they're that problems that, re that repeat yeah. that you know oh this is the same problem that I had in that painting over there and what I have and you've solved that problem once before so then you know a little bit more about how to solve it this time yeah I mean it's strategy is like really important well what's funny is that we're, we're you know we we're talking a lot I mean we're sort of going into the tech part of painting, which I love, and I think is actually important, and I come across a lot of uh, contemporary artists who are like, oh, it's not important, it's, and, and it, to me it is really important, but doing all this, what we're talking about, you know, when we start going, how, how, in your opinion, how all, you know, the fact that we're sort of working our, working our way through the, the making of a painting, how is now that going to drive what we're doing forward as far as like what we're doing as artists, the voice and all that. Like the technique, all this important stuff that is important. Like what important factor to does that play? Yeah, how is that driving what we're doing forward I now? Like what is, uh, what are we gonna do? Yeah. Once That's an we, interesting question. And once we have all the tools yeah. that we're it's developing. It's a challenge for uh, all of us and I would say especially us Water Street artists because we got this such this strong like academic training that's based on like perception and a certain like kind of um, empirical rigor, you know, a certain like sort of like search for truth nature. and fidelity and verisimilitude. And ultimately, like there are other things to aspire to in painting. And sometimes, especially as we're getting older, you know, we're, we're, you know, yeah. where, 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 where I'm looking at all the things that were so important to me, like technique and all that stuff, which, which I like, but I'm, I'm sort of really becoming more. It, I'm becoming very interested right. in the so the concept. Verisimilitude you know, isn't like the single most important factor you in a painting. Use fancy words. I, I like it. <laughs> you know, there there are other things that are that are maybe more important or as important. So, in thinking about that, well, sometimes you have to like push against your training. Like, okay, no, maybe I'm not going to make this look exactly like the model, or maybe I'm not going to spend two more days trying to get the portrait right or get the likeness exact because that's not actually what's important. And so, you, can you say that's the the evolution of what we're doing? Like, or yeah, it's like it's we have to go that way right. now. Like, it does get to the point where 
where, you know, if it's like a, a technique and all that stuff that, okay, we sort of, we kind of got that. Of course, it can always get better. We, we know that. But now, now move forward. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. I mean, it's like grappling, even just what you were saying earlier, Ted, about, you know, you paint these seascapes, but you're starting to think more and more about like global warming and rising sea levels. And so how does your contemporary context and experience of the ocean like influence your seascapes as opposed to a Hudson River School seascape, you know? Right. And if, I think for figurative artists thinking about, you know, what is the setting? What is the background? What is, what is the kind of, you know, what kind of world do these figures inhabit and, and why? Um, and um, yeah, sort of moving, a lot of uh, our training was kind of grounded in late 19th century and then um, early 20th century realism, you know, well, like painting the real world, aesthetics, also. you know. And I think all of us, like you we were talking about, about going back to the Baroque and going back to Rubens and going back to emotion and going there. I think I think we're all trying to get toward cross this bridge into this whole other realm where we don't have you know we're all figuring out as we're going along like how do we make these images and what kind of image like connects what how does it connect to you you know how do you make something that really does connect to your viewer it's weird because it, it, it is this natural process i i didn't I don't, I don't think any of us forced ourselves to think that way it be, it's all it, it just happened to be that we all started kind of our training about Absolutely. the same time yeah and yeah. about the same time we're all sort of reaching a point very similar sort of together yeah. and we're all and, and not necessarily because we're talking a lot and and you know saying no oh, and 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 sharing ideas i mean we always sort of do that but it, it just seems like there's this weird natural process that we're all going right. in, in very different ways not the same style or anything, but we're all sort of moving forward about at the same time. Well, I think all of us, I mean, and the, the older we get, the more I realize how much preciously I have in common with you guys, <laughs> you know, like we really got yeah. grounded in this very same like stew, you know, yeah. and our, just our, our ethics, our principles, like what we think is important. It's all like the same, but then all of us also, we're having babies, we're living our lives. We're like, you know, we're doing other things too. And like going back to like, Martha, she, she was always talking about, you know, if you want to be a great artist, you got to live your life. You know, you, 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 your art has to be about about life, about, about, about your, your experience. Your if you're consumed so by all, art, your art is just about art. Right. You know, and so it should be you should be consumed and passionate about painting. But then you also have these all these other parts of your life that, that shape who, who you are, shape your soul. I'm still. And so I, mean, I think we're all kind of on that. And, and on that life journey as well. You know, all three of us right now have a family. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it's so important to me. To, right. You know, you know, it's hard family. having, you yeah, like. You know, and I'm starting to figure that out now. So I'm, I'm curious how it's going to influence my work. It, it might change it radically. I don't know yet. Of course, we can go back and say, yes, it'll still look like my painting. Your painting will still look like your painting. And Ted's will still look you like his. You can't raise your hand, but. But, but I'm wondering how it's going to, I'm curious, I don't know how it's going to change. And it's, and it's like, it's coming. Yeah. It's absolutely, I'm at the beginning of that. 
and it's a little freaky. Right. You get to kind this of point exciting, where you, you, you no know? longer have like one single priority of like painting and yeah. that's who, what defines me and that's what I'm obsessed with. Like you also then, you have your family, you know, and you have your spouse and you have your kids and like you can't be, in the morning I and can't then be made to choose day. and say that, you know, this is more important priority or this is a more important priority. Like they, they totally share my universe. And it, would you say the generation before us, as far as the people who were struggling doing, you know, realism or some sort of classical painting or something, um, do you think they went through the same process or do you think we're sort of the first because of the fact that we spent so much time on training as opposed to, I don't know if a lot of the artists before us had that much as much training because it didn't exist. The ateliers were sort of obliterated. So do you think we might be the first of that generation of like, wow, we're, no, I, I don't, I don't think we're the first, but I think that, um, that we, um, in our generation, what's different in our generation is that there's different expectations about what parenting means and what being a father or a mother means, you know? So yeah, I think most artists in the past, like they would have, maybe they would have children, but they'd have a wife or, an, you know, and have staff to like raise their children and, and they could children, still like singularly like pursue their- I would like to have staff to right. raise I'd my I'd like children. to have more staff. Have staff. <laughs> but, you know, we, we're, you know, I as a woman, you are now married to women who were raised to believe that they could do anything they wanted, yeah. right? And so you're not in a situation where you now have someone who's gonna raise your babies while you and go I, to the and studio and I can go to the paint, studio right? and not, and not be, be nice, involved. Right? I'd like a wife. It doesn't, yeah, but so it, I, we, I, have, we don't have that as right. Ted and I being being male. That's right. We have a different family <laughs> dynamic yeah, that, no, we, we, that don't we all have to like. It's the orange. It's like it's funny because we're doing something that can be considered old school, but our life isn't old school. Right. It's very yeah. modern. So it's I true. think that's what's. I'm married different. to a Texan who's very liberal. And she's just like, no, this is like, this is a 50-50 thing. That's right, man. And I'm like, I yeah. don't have time for 50-50. <laughs> the problem for women these days is like, we were raised to believe that we could be anything we wanted. And we were married to a generation of men who were raised to be exactly like their dads. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's, and it's a funny. little they conflict. Lean in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cheryl makes it very easy. Yeah. <laughs> she has a lot of staff. <laughs> So, uh, you know, as a mom, you know, it, you, but the thing is, is that nature will still come in and, and punch you in the face. So uh -huh. as a mom, you know, you're, you're going to be a mom. You have well, no, you had to take you some have time no off, choice. didn't you? I did uh, not a lot. I mean, you know, when my first daughter was born, I probably didn't work for nine or ten months. And then when my second daughter was born, I actually was kind of in the middle of this commission that I hadn't quite finished so in the end, I actually went back to work after like three months. Yeah, you're but, like, oh, I've been, I've been through this before. But work for me has been p very part-time. It's been part-time, like I, like since. 30 hours a week, 35 hours a week. That's, you know, that's about it. Right. N now, is it... These kids just, are you, <laughs> They take kids. a lot of time. They <laughs> these do. But kids! <laughs> but, but is it, has it been okay? You know, because it, I would say if you go into your early 20s or something, when you're when you're a workaholic, you're like, you can't even imagine that. But again, nature comes in and, and you know, right. slaps you. And, you, and you're just like total blessing. Yeah. Mostly like I have a richer, fuller life. I remember going to Giverny when I was actually studying in France, you know, and I just looked at like that house and he was so in love with his wife and he had like 13 kids and he had this great garden. And they just talk about work life balance, you know, and right. I was like. 
that, that is a really good model. Right? Looking at Soroya, I had the same like, experience. And so I always knew that I wouldn't, I didn't want to live a life that was just about my career. I wanted to live a life that was about my life and about a family and about, you know. Well, but Sor- Soroya, he, like, he painted his whole family right. and he painted it in his house. Right? And like, it is. It, there's it's something rich. like that's that, Well, that's like li- you were saying. He was living his. He was living his life, and his art reflected it. And right. he loved it all. Like clearly, he just loved it yeah. deeply. And and there, you see it in the paintings. There's it's, that one painting that Soraya did. That when, actually, when we were all together in in, in Madrid, uh, it's a painting of his wife. I think it was his wife and the baby in the bed. That was his yeah. mistress. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. And and like a slightly, and it was really. It was just. It was white sheets, and you just see her. Sleeping. That's an amazing painting. And the baby, baby sleeping, and they were like. Every time my wife was so on maternity content. leave, I said, "I'm going to paint do that a painting because yeah. we have the same like white comforter, and yeah. it never happened." I know. I've like very rarely paint my kids. Yeah, you know? I haven't. I actually. I, I might be able yet. to paint my grandkids, you know, because yeah. then there's somebody else. My four-year-old, like he'll actually sit for me. I painted. Yeah. I mean, if I put on Yo Gabba Gabba on the iPad. Awesome. But but you know, but that painting, I remember seeing it and just and there was that. You just knew it was. Right, it was, it was intimate, a truth. It was, it was like truth. Love. Yeah. I looked at. I remember There's looking that at that repin painting of his daughter like, wow. kind of falling yeah. asleep in the chair. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, those are amazing, and those that's a really nice are. balance yeah. where you know somebody's sort of tapping into something very personal and putting it out there. I wonder if those people sold those paintings. Yeah, that I would th- be weird. Uh, right, they probably didn't. Right, yeah. you know, they probably you know. And, and probably, then how do you justify? Like, how do you pay for all your bills when yeah. <laughs> you're painting your kids and not selling? Or they just cranked them out really fast. I don't know. It's hard. This, I mean, so you get to a time in your life where you do. You have to spend. You spend time with your family, and it's rich and f- rich and full. And it can be a little maddening because New York goes so quickly, and there's always some new young twenty-year-old kid who gets some like fabulous show, and right. you know, and you feel like other people Stupid are outpacing kids. you. You know. Yeah. But you just gotta. I don't know. What are you going to do? But is it is that just, is that a, would that just be more of a, the grass is greener on the other I side? I think so. I think it is too. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I actually went out with a friend of mine recently and he's a, you know, one of the head art directors at Blue Sky and they're the ones who made, you know, Horton Hears a Who and Ice Age movies right. and everything. And, you know, we were just talking about our lives and he was, he was saying, he was just making it, he was just like, man, you have the life everything like you and I'm kind of looking at him be like yeah but you have that like steady paycheck <laughs> and you get to see your results on the big screen and they make billions lots of money of lots of money yeah like, true I mean that is one thing that we have as as artists is is a lot of freedom to really just be passionate about our vision right yeah, and and frankly like if I want to take off and go build a sandcastle with my kid at the beach you know because it's really hot and it's yeah. Friday you've had Did the you flexibility I didn't because I had to come here because you had to come here this is but I if, know. We if totally I hadn't took been, you away from we have to I, awesome I was totally apologize. going to the beach like it's, great memories it was 99 degrees today with the heat index my studio is on the fourth floor of this building Same. too and like it is so hot it's so hot so again where do you see it going and it's not there's a there's no right or wrong answer i'm just right. it's sort of i would like ro- to see wrong. um artists <laughs> <laughs> i would like to see artists um of my generation you know you you um jacob i i would like to see um people grapple with more complex imagery more complex subject matter and in a way that like i'd love to see you do a painting that somehow subtly like indicates your concern about global warming or fracking or something in your totally romantic and lyrical 
seascapes, right? Yeah, that it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I mean, I don't. I'm sorry, I, I said why I said that. Kind of, it's barely, like my, it's okay, wait. barely interesting. No, the reason I said that that way is that because, and we've talked about this. Like, it's I don't. I hate it when people like put political content in their art just for the sake of like yeah. legitimizing their art. If and it's like, not there, you would never do that, there. right? I'm so on, that's that was my little though. caveat there. Um, Fancy. I'd like to see us grapple with more complex imagery and with imagery that um, is harder to arrive at in terms of solving the problems of, how, you know, okay, we, we're trained to paint from life, we're inspired by nature, but maybe you want to make a picture that is pretty complex. And so how do you solve that problem without necessarily like just doing it from Photoshop or something? Because I, I, for me personally, that's like not a satisfying that way to like solve that problem. That seems like that's how people are doing, like the it, big it sort of allegories that are yeah. happening, that's how they're happening. Why, why is that, like why make that distinction? What, what's, what's important to you personally for about me that personally um you know thinking going back to martha like so much about like making art is this primal experience of like looking at life and like trying to translate it into two dimensions so sometimes i would do a little portrait commission maybe for a little money you get like a, a drawing to do of a kid so then you're working from a photo and you just i like i'm like i'm a photocopier I'm not an artist. I'm a photocopier. So it just I thought does you were not. Patty. I know, right? It doesn't feel like that. Doesn't feel like the real thing to like me. Like you don't somehow. feel like you're making art. No, or I don't no, feel like I'm making. Do you feel art. like it robs like the maybe the spiritual qualities yeah. of the? And somehow I'm not making these these in, these personal decisions. That, you know, with my hand, with my hatching, with my seeing, with my experiencing of this. There's thing. no like alchemy there. No, there's it's some. I mean, I'm sure some people can do it really well, but I don't I know mean, how to do it that way. People are doing it, I think. Right. So for me, I have to have this different process that right. is about this translation, you know. And that's, to you, like a very profound part of the art making. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, there is a difference in the way, you know, you do get end up with art that isn't necessarily so maybe accurate, maybe so, um, maybe it's not as perfect a likeness. Um, but there's a different form sense about it, right? The line, the value, the structure, the strength of the form, the contour. You know, you make all these decisions like how are you going to draw that contour? How dark are you going to make that shadow? How are you going to turn it? And all of those, like, they create this presence in the painting. Well, that's art making. That's right? art I mean, making. And I, I personally, like, I'm not very good at doing that from from a photo reference. Like I can use a photo reference for like a little detail or something, you know, I want a little butterfly wing. What does a little monarch butterfly look like? You know, some, some kind of- Stay still butterfly, you know, stop right, moving. Right, you know, some, some little detail that I want that, but for, for the primary like form making, I want to do it, figure out how to do it from life. Right. Or, you know, or a combination or of life and imagination. imagination. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, I actually had, I went to the, well, they don't have the real caves of Lascaux open. So uh, I went to the, you know, the, the, they have like these fake. Do they have fake ones now? So oh, apparently no. nobody since have, like the 60s has visited the actual caves of Lascaux, but they made these exact replicas like down the road. Um, <laughs> down is, the street. It sounds. Go, go down the street, make a left. It sounds totally it's stupid, awesome. but it's actually, I mean. They got them in Vegas too. I don't know. You go there and it, they should do it, it in Vegas. It feels kind of profound I mean, maybe because it's down the road and they give you a little history and they're very honest about it. But yeah. It, and it's an amazing thing. But I think that one of the things that uh, that struck me was that there's, there is some, I mean, that's considered, I guess, some of the first art. 
and there's this spiritual quality to it that that's like that was an essential part of what made that art is that right. there was some spiritual quality i don't know nobody seems to know why they did it or how yeah. you know i guess something maybe relates to a calendar or something but like there's something that just transcends all of us and i think that there's I something totally in agree. Making i mean art. i think that it's like like you know there's a lot of commonality between art and music right you know and that somehow like a beautiful piece of music it's conveying this like intense emotional experience and somehow painting should do the same, right? Yes, there's a subject, yes, there's like technique, yes, there's all of that, but if it's not, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. You know, if it's not like conveying this this mystical emotional experience, like it's not gonna arrive at like being art. Right. And it's kind of magic, like how is it that like I hold a brush and I paint it on canvas and I think and I somehow like get that energy the into the painting. But man, I look at that Rembrandt from 400 years ago and it's got that that it emotional energy it. and I can feel it, yeah. you know. Do so. you ever, I mean, uh, do you ever think that um, with technology and everything that the, the painted canvas is going to go out of fashion? It, it hasn't. You no, know, but I don't think so. Do you think it's? It, I think actually even more now because of technology. I think it's going to be more even necessary. more valuable yeah. because it is like artisanal and it's touched by your hand. I mean, when you look at a drawing that was made 500 years ago and you just, you just feel like you know oh it's right God, yeah. there, right? It ha it's ma it's a kind it, of magic, is, you know. And is. a painting has that same, that it's a reservoir of spiritual energy and it's a really beautiful. Uh, magical thing that uh, it's never going to go out of style i mean it's maybe never going to be quite back in style i don't know but <laughs> but it's never going to go out of style no. and you're absolutely right and actually i really think that's probably the best way to st i mean end on a positive yeah note. yeah because that was perfect like the <laughs> magical quality of, of art you're absolutely awesome. right um hey patty you know how much we love you uh, thank known you each other so for much. a long time i'm so glad to be friends on a with hot you guys. friday um, we'll have Thank you, you guys back. for doing this. It's, I'm really glad you're doing it. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. really good. It's and an important project. I think so. I yeah. think so. Love you, Patty. Thank you so much, Patty. I love you guys, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.